0: Before we go to our message time today, we want to have a time of prayer, as always. Um, Keep um, our church family in prayer and the things that are on our hearts and minds in prayer. Um, A little rumor is going around that Jan Walden is in the hospital. So we want to uh, remember her. I don't know where she is. I don't know what's going on yet. But we can certainly... I hear a voice, an angel, tell me that she's at Bergen. So... uh, Okay, thank you. Bergen Mercy um, will remember Jan, and I'll try to go see Jan on the way um, this afternoon. So um, we can certainly remember them. This is a difficult time to be in the hospital, a difficult time um, just uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, our prayers with the Walden family today. And with our own hurts and hopes, we offer our morning prayer today. Almighty God, we come into your presence today to offer our praises to you. We are very busy this time of year, God. There are many, many things to do. There are presents to buy, presents to wrap, parties to go to, family to see, uh, traveling to do, uh, work to get done, just a myriad of things that are on our minds, and it's too easy for us to give up the real reason that we celebrate this Christmas season. But we don't want to forsake you or forsake your son and his worship this, this time of year. This is the reason that we are here. This is the reason that we celebrate Christmas. And so we want to remember Jesus, his coming in the first century in a in a manger that was so crude and and bare. His coming to be God in flesh, to change humankind and the history of humankind forevermore. We are most grateful for the gift of your Son, God, and we are at a loss to find the right words to praise Him and to praise you and to, to give of ourselves for you. We pray, God, that you would be with us through this time and that we would feel your presence near us as we are increasingly busy these days leading up to Christmas. We pray that we would consider you as our next breath and that you would be that close to us and we would feel your presence near us and that we would look to you for guidance and direction each and every day and in each and every thing that we do. God, our hearts go out for people that are hurting this day. We think of, of Jan Walden, and we pray for her. We lift her up and Fred up as they are dealing with an illness, something the matter that has taken Jan to the hospital. We pray for the family as well as they are worried about Jan and, and, uh, and perhaps making plans to travel even now to, to come see her. We pray for others in our midst who are battling illness those who are battling cancer and continue to go through treatments. We pray that you would be with them and and guide them. We pray for those who are going through testing, that you would give them a sense of calm and peace, that you would be with the medical professionals who are working with them to help direct them and help them find what's going on. We pray for others in our midst who who are traveling right now and pray that you'd be with them and give them traveling mercies on the road. We pray for those throughout the world who are hurting at the moment, for those who are affected by natural disasters. Those who have been displaced by a fire and there's been loss of life, we pray for for those people. We pray for those who have been hurt in traffic accidents this weekend as weather has gotten bad and and there have been pileups around the country, and, and people are hurt. We pray for many other people who are traveling and still preparing for the holidays, and, and uh, pray that you'd be with them and give them your guidance as well. And now, God, we pray for our time of worship. We pray that all that we would do would honor and glorify you, that we would hear those joyful noises and uh, be thankful for the, the praises that are lifted up, And that uh, all that we would do this hour would honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We read our scripture this morning. It is from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 to 16. Isaiah 7, verses 10 through 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough that you try to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and she will call him Emmanuel. He will eat her curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste." Well, I know we have a lot of visitors here today, but our theme for this last few weeks, the weeks of Advent leading up to uh, celebrating of Christmas, has been the promise. And be, we've been looking at some of the promises in the Old Testament that point us to the coming of Messiah. So we've been talking about that the last few weeks, and then last week we had our children's program. So I wish you could have seen that. Uh, last week, that was a wonderful presentation by the kids, but maybe they'll do an encore for you sometime. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that a man looked up all of the promises in the Bible and counted 8,810 of those promises. There were promises made to Abraham's or Abram's descendants to make them into a great ma- nation. Promises to deliver Israel from its enemies, promises for sustenance, for protection, for judgment, and promises for a righteous leader and for a Messiah. With the promises of God to redeem his people, I thought that it might be interesting to think a little bit about what is in a promise of God. What do God's promises mean to us and how do they affect us? So I've come up with an ABC, a sampler kind of alphabet, if you will, of some of the aspects of God's promises in what I call what's in a promise. The first letter, of course, is letter A, that reminds us that there, that there is assurance in God's promises. The promises of God to Israel give them the assurance that God is working on their behalf and has the intention to provide for his people and protect his people. Also under A, you can look up accountability, because that's another good A word. B is for bond. God's promises are a bond between God and his people, a connection that shows God's care and love. Also, you can see belief and blessing. C is concern for God's people. God's promises show his caring and concern for his chosen people. And you can also look under confidence, conviction, and covenant if I'd written all of this ABC uh, full-blown. D is for deliverance. God's promises mean deliverance for a people who are downtrodden and looking for a way out from their dire predicaments. Another D word would be dedication. E is expectation. God's promises create an expectation of what is to come. We don't know when these promises will come true, but God's people wait in expectation and anticipation that the fulfillment of the promise is coming. F stands for renewed faith. We place our faith in God because of who He is, but hope may wane based on our attitude or our circumstances in life. But as we live in relationship with God, and as God, God's promise is kept, faith is renewed. G is for gift. And that's because God doesn't make a promise and fulfill it, doesn't have to make a promise and fulfill it. The promise comes out of God's initiative and out of his desire to redeem humankind so ultimately for our well-being ultimately the gift is for our well-being so that makes the promise of god a gift other good g words would be good news or guarantee h stands for hope it's important to realize that many of god's promises in the prophetic books come when israel is in trouble or in exile, and I think that helped fan the flame of hope for Messiah. You may remember a couple of weeks ago that I read a quote from theologian John Bright that said, Messiah didn't come to a proud nation that was reveling in its strength, but instead the Messiah would come to a beaten nation, a cut-down stump of a nation that had been tried in the furnace of affliction. That affliction and those trials of Israel mean that hope had faded if it wasn't altogether dead. But the promise of God gives people new hope. Intervention is I. The promise of God means that there is going to be an intervention. Now, sometimes when we think of that word, it has a negative connotation. It sounds like the kids are going to take away our car keys or if a financial counselor is going to cut up our credit card. But in this case, God is intervening in human history, and God is coming to make a difference. Things will change, and there will be no more status quo with the coming of a baby. Jay is for joy at what God is doing in our midst. We find great joy in the fulfillment of God's promises to us. Jay, of course, is also for Jesus, the fulfillment of God's great promise. K is for the kingdom of God. With the coming of God's Son, the kingdom of God has broken into our world. And what a wonderful thing that is. L is for light and light, life and light. Songwriter Michael Card wrote a contemporary Christian song called The Promise. And for those uh, teens, that was way, way, way back in 1987. One of the lines goes like this. The promise was love and the promise was life. The promise meant light to the world. Living proof that Jehovah saves for the name of the promise was Jesus. So all of those L words are wonderful elements of God's promise. God's promise of Messiah was his deepest expression of love for his people. It did mean new life for his chosen people, and the coming of Christ was light that shines in the darkness of our world. And as you might guess from Card's song, you can also see living proof under L in my ABC if I ever get it produced. M is for miracle. From Elizabeth conceiving a child at an advanced age to a virgin conceiving Jesus by the Holy Spirit, to Joseph's belief in a dream that he had about taking Mary to be his wife. The Spirit is at work throughout this story, and there are many, many miracles, both large and small, throughout the biblical story. N stands for nothing held back. In making his promises and keeping all of those promises, God holds nothing back. God gives of him very, his very self so that his people can be in relationship with him. God gives it all. O stands for obligation. Once God has made a promise, God is going to fulfill that promise. It's as if it's an obligation. P stands for Peace. The promise of God is a promise of peace, as we read a couple of weeks ago in the scripture out of Isaiah chapter 11. Out of the stump of Jesse, a righteous branch, a godly leader will rise up, and as a result of his rule, there will be peace in the natural order, where the picture was, as you remember, the predators and prey live in peace with each other. They feed together and lie down together. R is for reassurance. When dreams are dashed and hope is lost, God's promise means reassurance for his people. Also under R, you can see redemption and revelation. Revelation which communicates God's word. S is for a sign of things to come. Through God's promise, God's people have an idea of what is coming, and the promise is a sign of what the future will bring. You can also see satisfaction and salvation and son. T is for trust. The promise of God also calls those who believe in him to trust in him or to have faith in him. We trust that God will keep his word, and you can also see testimony of God's love and faithfulness you is for unfathomable love the coming of this little baby who will be who is king is an expression of the unfathomable love of God it's a love that is beyond compare and you also stands for urgency as in the promise creates a sense of urgency B, for vindication. Given the circumstances in our world, the powers of darkness would seem to triumph over God's will. But with the fulfillment of God's promise, there is vindication for God. God wins out, and love wins out. W is for well-being. We live in contentment knowing that God sought out the best for us in providing us a Savior. He had our well-being in mind. And also as W words, watching, waiting, and wonder are good words. X, I'm going to cheat and call that the extreme loyalty of God. We've talked about the way God's chosen people walked away from him time and time and time again. But God made a covenant or made promises to his chosen people. And God kept those promises. In Hebrew, the, the word for God's faithfulness is called hesed. And it literally means a covenant loyalty. And that's the sense I want to portray in God's sense of extreme loyalty to his people. It's a loyalty and allegiance that is beyond compare or anything that we have ever known or ever will know except through God. Y is the first initial of the name for God, the most often used name for God in the Old Testament, Yahweh, uh, meaning to be or he who is. And we see the character of Yahweh as he makes promises and keeps his promises. So there you have it. And almost A through Z, uh, theological Uh, treatment of uh, what we find in a promise. Hopefully this has been a little bit of fun for you, but has also prompted you to think of some words that describe God's promises for you. And hopefully this exercise broadens your understanding of God's promises and gives you some new insight into God's character and his desires for your life. For me, as I worked on this list throughout the week, I was overwhelmed by the thought of how extremely faithful God is, and it's been a blessing for me this week to consider just how faithful God is in keeping His promises, and how faithful He has been to me each and every day, and really each and every moment that I'm alive. So as you take this message with you this week, I hope that you can answer the questions on the insert And that will help you meditate and worship throughout the week ahead.